Hi, this is Keith Sarlos and Brielle Sarlos. And we are talking about movies today. Yep. So, Brielle, have we watched a movie that you wanted to talk about lately? Um, I saw The Founder. That was pretty good. So, you saw The Founder, which we watched The Founder the other day. And what The Founder is, just a quick synopsis, is the story of Ray A. Kroc, which. Is not the founder of McDonald's per se, but <laughs> he called himself that. Yep. Which is part of the movie. And it's a great story about how Ray Kroc was a, a salesman. And we learn a little bit throughout the movie about how he was selling a lot of different stuff and um, seemed to be a bit of a, a schemer. Yeah. Uh, I like to use the term hustler. <laughs> but. Ray Kroc was a guy who was down on his luck, um, had some moderate success, but never hit a home run. And in our fam- family, we call that having warning track power. That means you can hit the ball to the warning track, but not really a home run. Mm-hmm. So the story goes that Ray Kroc is selling uh, mixers. Mil- milkshake. Yeah, milkshake mixers. That's right. Uh, basically door-to-door, and he's going to drive-ins all around the country, basically living out of his car, picking up this big, heavy piece of equipment, and trying to sell it to... Most of the time, not with much luck. That's right. Basically, we never see him sell one. Yeah. Until one day, he gets a phone call from his office, and that phone call says what? An order for six milkshake mixers that... And he thinks it's a mistake because not one diner can make 30 milkshakes at a time. Right. So he is kind of shocked by this and he makes (laughs) a phone call and this guy picks up the phone and you can hear over the phone that he's very, very, very busy and barely has time to talk and says what? He says that, um, yes, that is right, but I think we should make it eight, eight mixers. Right. And that makes Ray Kroc get in his car drive out Route 66 to visit the uh, now historic McDonald's Brothers in San Bernardino, California. So that's a little bit of the beginning of this story, or beginning of the movie. Um, what was your first thoughts when we started watching the movie, Brielle? Well, I knew this guy, well, I saw this guy, and he came to McDonald's, and he's like, oh, this is a good idea, so he obviously wanted to get in on it and make some money. And... As the movie went on and on, he started scamming more the McDonald's brothers, who I thought were this sweet little homely, not necessarily homely, but small town brothers. Yep. And he kind of scammed them into making this big corporate business when it was just this small little thing, like a brother's diner, like mom and pop's diner kind of thing. So, from your perspective... Um, having watched this movie now, did you? What was your opinion of Ray Kroc? Well, I think he was more of a smart businessman, but less of a nice person. Would you classify him as a hero or a villain? I don't think I would classify as either because mm. much more complicated. Whether black and white, more in the gray area. But when we were watching this movie. Um, there was one scene to me that really, really stood out. And he went and saw the McDonald's brothers. And he went back to his hometown and finally convinced them to franchise. Now, 
one of the interesting plot points is that the McDonald's brothers did try to franchise their McDonald's uh, magic. Oh, you want... Hold on. No, you're, you're really loud. Am I really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, here, let me try to adjust my audio levels. There we go. Um, <coughs> here, let me... While we're in the middle of this, should I turn this down a little bit? Yeah, you're really loud. How's that? Is that better? A little. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. So, we'll back it up a little bit. And just so you know, this is our very first podcast uh, <laughs> with... Uh, the daddy-daughter date, or uh, 14 going on 40, whatever we're going to call it. We have no idea yet. Uh, basically, it's about me and Brielle going and seeing movies and talking about it from our points of view. So, that being said, um, one of the interesting par- parts of the story to me is that Ray Kroc saw an opportunity, and he drove all the way around the co- across the country to see what magic that these guys had. And you have to see the movie. I don't want to spoil everything for you, but... One of the interesting points to it was that Ray Kroc um, wants to franchise it because he drove across the country. He's a door-to-door salesman, um, and the brothers say no because, case in point, the brothers, McDonald's brothers, have tried to franchise their business and had negative success. Yeah. It actually put one of them in the hospital, right? Yeah. Um, so Ray Kroc convinces them finally um, is on basically standing in a dirt lot and reaches down hits his knees and picks up a handful of dirt and says be right once be right just this once and from my perspective from being a you know a 40 year old man now i've had that moment and that moment really touched me man i teared up i was i was looking at it thinking i've said those words i've i've been in that place and thought to myself, I don't want to go back to the place. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be working for someone else for the rest of my life. I just need this to work. And when I saw Ray Kroc, you know, going door to door, working hard, selling these mixers, I saw a guy who was trying to make it and trying to do the right thing for his family. Where the story definitely takes an interesting turn is it does work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works extremely well. Extremely well, right? And as it progresses, you see the brothers, McDonald's brothers, and Ray Kroc basically getting into argument time after time where he is trying to... And He's trying... Go he ahead. trying to make it bigger than it is. He's trying to make all these certain changes that the brothers don't really want to delve into because it might be a negative change they're not sure how this is going to turn out right and now from both of these perspectives now i could see ray Kroc, and i can see why he wanted to do this right i mm-hmm. wanted i saw why he wanted to make a success um but i also saw it from the brother's perspective where you know this franchise and this added pressure uh put one of the brothers in the hospital the other one loved him very much and we we see that more and more throughout the movie but Um, They were happy, if you will, Mm -hmm. with what they were doing. So that push and pull of this movie really gives us, I don't know, I think an empathy is the right word. Where like you can see in like really great movies where you see a person that quote unquote is a villain. But when we see the backstory of why they're a villain. Yeah, it gives you 
sympathy for them and you know why they're a villain and you relate more to them. Exactly right. And don't you think it's like some of the best movies that we've watched together have, or great storytelling, if you will, shows us why that person is the way they are now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. And it's not like they just woke up and one day were evil, like a Superman villain, but it like takes time and there's certain breaking points that a person can be pushed to to be the way they are. Exactly right. And I think the X-Men franchise <laughs> did a really great job of this. I mean, Magneto is a villain in all of the X-Men movies. Right. But we see him and present, perf- excuse me, <clears throat> him and present, Want me to get this out? Jeez. Uh, Professor Xavier are both coming from the point of view where um, they're trying to protect mutants, right? Yeah. And because Magneto went through the Holocaust, he saw power. The worst worst of people. Exactly right. And because he was Jewish, he saw his mother ripped from him, uh, presumably killed. Mm-hmm. And he he thought, oh, this is the worst possible case scenario, but I've seen it happen. Um, that is inevitable. Where Professor Xavier mm-hmm. ha- has hope. Right? Yeah. He's seen the good side of people in Magneto, I guess you could say. He's seen the worst. So he thinks most places or people are the worst. I mean, and how many other movies can we basically see that in you know so many so many i mean i think even incredibles is another great example about that where that kid you know uh wanted to be a sidekick of mr incredible um but then because mr incredible said you know you don't have powers you can't do this he went out and created his own powers and uh you know that famous line which i absolutely love and we use a lot in our family is like once everyone's special no the, one's special. Then no one's special, right. Um, but I digress. Back to Ray Kroc. See, one of the things that I think, you know, you're going to see throughout your lifetime is that some people are happy with a certain level of success. Mm-hmm. Where these McDonald's brothers were focused on being the best burger stand that they could possibly be. Right that they were efficient, that they were manufacturing burgers in such a way, and really visionary, right? Yeah, they were happy with what they had at the moment. Right. And you have another person that, like Ray Kroc who comes along and has had, let's say, arguably warning track power his whole life. Mm-hmm. And he sees an opportunity to take that and r- bring it to the next level. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think some of the things he does throughout the movie... It's, you can kind of see where he is trying to take the credit and success from these two brothers who became, who came up with the idea of fast service and all these things. And But nobody really knows them because they're not a household name like Ray Kroc might be back then because he was the one who franchised it, I guess. Right, exactly right. And do you know what franchising is? Franchising is like making something big and kind of exploiting it in some areas. See, okay, that's one perspective. Now, what really franchising means is somebody created the model or the template. And when you're a franchisee, what you do is you buy into that template 
and there is a, a list of rules there's what you're supposed to do there's what your building's supposed to look like there's what your uniforms i mean it's like a turn it's like going out and buying a turnkey business mm-hmm. and putting it up and you know what to do and you go out and do it and because of the strength of the mass or the fact that there's more than just one mcdonald's there's a thousand of them and you drive down route 66 you see it and like we do you know star like starbucks isn't a franchise but mcdonald's is and you could say oh there's a mcdonald's let's stop there and get some food and you have a reasonable expectation that the the food or the service that you're going to get um is the same across the board that's really what a franchise is okay and so one of the things i think is really interesting is like going back to your point you know we kind of got off that a little bit but when you were talking about um ray Kroc calling himself the founder mm-hmm. see that was a what did you think of that moment that was i that was silly like i said before he was taking credit for what the brothers created right and is that the moment to you where he went too far yeah, I think he had already started to, to kind of you could kind of see that in him with him going to all the new openings and people just thought that he didn't and he didn't say that they were wrong basically. So okay, so let's talk about that from a, a point of view of ethics, right? So <clears throat> was that the point to you where? Um, like you said, he went from being a uh, quote unquote maybe a good guy, yeah, to kind of. to stepping into, um, you know, becoming the villain, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I think is actually super interesting about that point is, do you think his ego? It, yeah, his ego is out of control at that point. He okay. was so. He was so in love with the success of what he was doing because he was so he wasn't used to it at all. So he it was just overcoming him. So to a certain extent, he is this is something that he fought for his whole life. He wanted to be a success. He wanted to be a quote unquote big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And he never really did that. This is the first time maybe the ball went over the fence and instead of being maybe humble about it mm-hmm. or um sharing the success he he became the i in the word team yes exactly perfect so i i agree you know that was the point where success went to his head uh he was no longer humble he forgot his roots and he became something that you know we perceive as being bad now let me ask you this question so if he didn't make that move in the movie, right? And, you know, let's let's be honest. We don't know what's true. We don't know what's not. This is a um, glorified um, yeah. a glorified version of what probably really happened. You know, there's the truth. There's that guy's truth. And then there is right, what really happened. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so if he didn't do that, if he didn't call himself the founder of McDonald's, if he would say he was the CEO of McDonald's, mm-hmm. um, would your perception of him be different? Yeah, I think so. If he said, like, 
um, yes, I franchised the movie. Like, in, even in, like, there's a scene where he's going to the bank for money and he's telling them about McDonald's. Okay, okay, let's hold there a second, okay. right? So, even though he was calling himself the founder of McDonald's, mm-hmm. right, we also come back and see that, yeah, okay, he's the founder. These, these stores are doing great. Um, everybody's, quote-unquote, making a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. But he isn't. Yes. He's making a fraction of a percent. So he's making, what was it, like 1% or half a percent of a 15-cent cheeseburger. Right. So he's making less than a penny <laughs> or less than, geez, a tenth of a penny, maybe even more. Um, and so he's not making his money back. He's three months behind on his mortgage. He is completely behind the eight ball, uh, so mm-hmm. to speak. And yet... It's more important for him to call himself the founder than actually get paid. <laughs> so he kind of has this almost like snobbery, I think is a weird way to put it, mm-hmm. where he's going around town calling himself, you know, the founder of McDonald's. He's uh, perceivably, um, you know, telling everybody he's, I, I never, well, he never really tells anybody he's rich, but he is definitely wearing the, the ring, if yes. you will. Yes. He is saying that he, he isn't saying that he's not rich. Right, okay. So, an interesting point you're bringing up there is he made that jump into calling himself the founder. Mm -hmm. He loses all of his humble beginnings. Right. He is now acting like a big shot, even though he isn't. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He's begging for money from the bank. Right. Um... And, and this, I think, is actually where it takes a very interesting turn. Because now, if, if the McDonald's brothers now would have said yes to some of his ideas. If the McDonald's brothers said, because um, he brought in them a ton of opportunities, right? Like Coca-Cola. Like right. Coca-Cola, let's put their Coca-Cola on the sign. Let's... Uh, Let's have sponsorship. Let's have advertisements. Let's have another source of revenue generation. And they just immediately said, no, no, we want to keep it the way it is. No, it's perfectly fine how we're doing now. So in, a, in, a, in an essence, this kind of could be a story about a, a father and son that mm-hmm. have a farm or a business or something like that. And they've been successful or, you know, warning track power successful. Uh, for a very long time, and then somebody comes in and really can put the ball over the fence with new ads, uh, new you know revenue generation, really squeezing everything out of the orange. Because you know what you're trying to do in business is, is make as much money as possible, right? Right. And if it was a publicly held company, there are things like the the stockholders, right? Mm-hmm. Every company has a what's called a fiduciary responsibility to make as much money for the company as they can. Did you know that? No, I do. <laughs> and so here's a little great story. The Dodge, you know, Dodge trucks? Right. Uh, Ford, who, you know, isn't the father of the automobile, but Ford, Ford, the Ford factory would take, you know, wood and metal on one side of the factory and a car would come out the other side. Mm-hmm. And... Ford paid a, a living wage to his employees and wanted to pay them more. And the Dodge brothers actually sued Ford 
and said, you have a fiduciary responsibility to make as much money for your shareholders as you can. You do not have a responsibility to your employees. You have a responsibility to your stockholders. I didn't know that before. But if you think about it, you know, Ray Kroc was trying to make as much money as he possibly can. And in business, that's what you're trying to do. I mean, I think that's one of the things that you're going to learn about life. That's when, you know, business gets really cutthroat. And here, like at our, our business, mm-hmm. like our family business, we want to kind of ride that line between um, cutthroat business and doing things we're really proud of, right? Uh-huh. And that that does get kind of dicey because we could be making more money we absolutely could be but we would be making less friends is that a weird way to think about it yeah we'd be making yeah that's a good way to put it right so going back to it ray Kroc was bringing them a bunch of really really good ideas and the brothers were just saying no no so in that case like do you who do you think is right I don't think either of them are right necessarily or either of them are wrong. They both had their reasons to say no and to ask the questions because Ray Kroc, like you said, just wanted to make more money and the brothers wanted to be more wholesome and still be that family little burger stand. But, okay, putting that, do you think that the brothers were afraid um, because they had bad experiences in the past and they didn't want to make all these changes because we saw earlier in the film that their franchising they stopped doing it because the other stores uh, were out of control they were making fried chicken they were doing a bunch of stuff and it wasn't their pure vision right Mm -hmm. right so who do you think's wrong then do you think you know from a business standpoint what do you think do you think the brothers should have been um, more open to these ideas. I think they should have been more open and maybe said yes to a few of his ideas and that might have put them in a better position than they were before. But I still think that Ray Kroc, he had some ideas like powdered milkshakes that don't use milk and stuff like that. that okay, but you remember in that scene where he was standing in a big freezer there's all kinds of ice cream everywhere. It takes a lot of money to make it cold. And now I'm not I'm not taking the side of Ray Kroc. I'm just giving you more information. And he said, you know, if we didn't have to pay for all of this, we would be more efficient. So going back to that thought process again, Ray Kroc was trying to be more efficient than the McDonald's brothers. And the whole point of the McDonald's franchise or the McDonald's restaurant that he... Um, that he saw and knew could be work really, really well was efficiency. Yeah, but efficiency isn't always the efficiency versus quality is like a still a thing today with different franchises and McDonald's. And I feel like most people nowadays or back then or whenever they would rather quality than efficiency. Okay. But there's a good balance to it. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, wow. That's that's really far beyond your uh, your age there. So, okay, going back to that. So, let me ask you a question. You know, it's like um are you what do you look for? I mean, but you're not paying the bill here, right? No. Um do you look for quality or do you look for a value? I mean, if you go to McDonald's, you can get you can feed a family of four for, you know, 15-20 bucks, right? Less than that. Less than that. Um but so that's efficiency. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um you know, the quality would be low. Right. Right? 
It's, but like help it wouldn't be helping you it would be helping you to pay your bills but it wouldn't be helping your body or you in the long run right so you know at what point does the ethical standards of the mcdonald's brothers mm-hmm. and their fear of growth and their fear of losing control um hinder the business well i i really think I don't necessarily think they were afraid of growth. I think they they were losing. They wanted to keep the efficiency, but they also wanted to keep the quality. And the okay. way Ray Kroc was doing it was was kind of messing up the balance of it. And they were trying to maintain that balance, okay. whether it's quality control, whether it's not going all these different places, because you don't know what the franchisees are going to do. Right. So let me ask you a question now. Now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in the place of the McDonald's brothers, okay? You're a smart kid, you know what you're talking about. Um, if the customer couldn't tell the difference between a real milkshake and this new milkshake, right? This powdered sugar one, mm-hmm. or powdered milk, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if they couldn't tell the difference in a blind tasting, do you think they should have used ice cream or the powder? Huh, that's a <laughs> that's an interesting point of view, but I mean, like on a basic, right? It's mm-hmm. like if you could save fifty bucks, right? And you go, oh, just here, try this, and they go, oh, this is great, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's the difference? The difference between I mean, what's the what's the real thing? Nobody's being harmed. Well, it's not necessarily as healthy as. Real milk is. Some people are afraid. I like, don't know. Maybe it is. What if it was? We don't know. What if it was even better for you? Well, if it was even better for you, then everybody would be doing it. But people are so, they are so stuck in their ways that a lot of people, including the McDonald brothers, were afraid to change, and people are very reluctant to try new things. So, like now, when Cash or something tries Squid and he really likes it, that's like. A little bit different because it's a delicious thing, but it's also good and necessarily more healthy for you. So it's basically you have to start this pros and cons list of is this better? We're going to make more money, but it doesn't have the ice cream in it. You know, does Mm -hmm. the customer like it? Does not the customer like it, right? Right. So you'd have to field test it, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back to something you said that was another major theme in this movie is Ray Kroc's wife. Right? Okay. Go ahead. Let's hear what you have to say about it. So, basically, in the beginning of the movie, you see this wife is... He doesn't give much attention to his wife. Yeah, he's on the road all the time. He's on the road all the time. Always... He's very mainly focused on business and less on his wife and his family. Like, he doesn't have any kids. It's just him and his wife. See, we don't know if he has any kids. It never shows them, right? Yeah, it never shows them in the movie. Which was kind of shocking for such a family-centric business after a while. Because <laughs> right. one of the things he said to the, the uh, McDonald's brothers to get them to commit to letting him franchise is how he was talking about... Family. Family. And he was talking about... He's, he kept driving across the country and he saw uh, churches with crosses and uh, flags on top of businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And he wanted to talk about a great restaurant that these golden arches would... Um, would be just as important as a cross and an American flag uh, for families across the country, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, 
kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean... It's I think a little eccentric. It's, it's a little, but he's swinging for the fences here. I mean, I think uh-huh. he, this guy sees an opportunity to run as far as he can and, you know, did whatever he could. But going right, back so. to his mom, his wife, excuse me. So, yeah, he's not the greatest husband. He's not the greatest husband. He's never there. His wife is so tired of just them doing nothing. Like, she says in the movie, like, how, why do we only go to the club twice a year? Like, she feels a little neglected in the movie. Exactly. And so this is another time that theme of complacent, ooh, that's, a, that's an ugly way to say it, <laughs> or um, good enough. That's maybe another way to put it. That he's, that, but even that's a little negative. Where his wife goes, you know, it's a pretty good life if you would actually live it every once in a while, right? Right. So she seemed pretty happy. Yes. She had a house. She had a car. She had a husband. She was going to the club. She had friends. She had, you know, an, a pretty idyllic life. Right. But Ray Kroc wasn't, didn't like the friends she made. And he didn't like just being in that house. He wanted to, like, live in a mansion and have his own friends but, and stuff but like that. But, Brielle, I mean, to a certain extent, that is someone chasing what is considered the American dream. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And what happens with, with his marriage? His marriage, just one day, they're just sitting at dinner, and she has, has salt, and this is back when his ego is starting to grow and grow and grow, and he's yeah. just, he thinks he's a total big shot, and he just blatantly says to her, I want a divorce. And in my eyes, I think he was saying, thinking that the, she wasn't good enough for him. Okay, but can you make the parallel here between the McDonald's brothers and being very happy with their burger stand and his wife, who was very happy with her life. And then he went and changed it. And he wanted more. Right. So, I mean, the, if, if Ray Kroc was a pretty good guy, if they would have changed just, what, five, six, maybe seven scenes in that movie, mm-hmm. it would have painted her and the McDonald's brothers as people that wanted just enough. Right. And he would have looked like a hero because Mm -hmm. he took... Because here, I'll pitch the movie in a different way. This is the story about Ray Kroc who goes and stumbles upon this teeny uh, rinky-dink burger stand that used to be a... um, Oh, what is it? Used to be a, a, hot, dog a hot dog stand, and these guys were failed businessmen three or four times over, right? Because they right. had a movie theater and a hot dog stand, and this and that and the other. And he takes it from being a one-hit wonder and makes it into a empire, right? And if that's the case, then he would have been more of a a, a hero in this story, right? Mm-hmm. And his wife, we could take that, right? Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, family is so massively important to us. Mm-hmm. And, but his wife could have been this, they could have portrayed her. As this awful person. Yeah, like holding him back and, you know, why don't you want the, why don't you want us to grow and why don't you want the best for us? And, you know, I don't want to live in this little house forever. I want, I want more for us. Right. And, and if that, if that was the movie. You know, Ray, Ray Kroc, at the end of it, is a superhero. Mm-hmm. So, perspective. Mm-hmm. Just like we were talking about, like, heroes and villains. Perspective is actually a major key component 
to this movie. Right. It's not just like, it's more of a, this is a funny way to put it, but a Venn diagram. Like, it's not just just two different groups, bad and good, but there's a mix to it. There's yeah. bad, good, and then same. No, I think it's absolutely, I think that was a pivotal part of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but Ray Kroc does this villain thing again, and he, quote unquote, steals uh this guy's wife, right? Yeah, he told he. This was the woman who showed him the powdered milkshake, and I think that he said yes to the powdered milkshake because he might have wanted to impress her, okay, and give her success. And then he absolutely steals the steals his wife. But in in that case again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here we here's another movie we watched lately, which is La La Land. Right. Good movie. <laughs> Great movie. We'll talk. We'll do. You want to talk about that movie next? Sure. Okay. We'll talk about that movie on our next podcast. Um, La La Land was pretty interesting because they get to that point where you know I'll always love you, kind of a thing, right? But then their lives diverge into two different ways. Um, you know, a lot of people do get divorced. It's it's a tragic thing for families. You know, people grow apart if they're not growing together. It's something you definitely have to work on. Um, you know, every day. And you'll see this in relationships as you get older. But that woman that he quote-unquote steals Mm -hmm. from uh, that guy, the business partner. Right. um, She was, to a certain extent, a a really great counterpart for him. Right, because she wanted success as much as he did. I know. So they were ideally suited for each other. other. And we see that, that scene where they're talking on the phone and... They kind of, you know, to a certain extent, fall in love over these conversations about, you know, uh, uh, I want more. Yes. So, you know, to a certain extent, you could say greed. Uh, mm-hmm. To a certain extent, you could say ambition. Um, once again, in the worst case scenario, this is this is a villain. Mm-hmm. In another case, in another scenario, this is the American dream. Right. And there are bumps and hiccups along the way. And not everything is perfect. Not everything is perfect. You know, somebody goes from being uh, a nobody to a big star and um, they grow apart from, uh, you know, they were married and somebody goes, why do we have to do this? And because I want to be bigger and I want to be a bigger star. And that ambition takes over and the marriage falls apart. Mm hmm. Um, but that also is an, a key point to this movie, right? Right. Um, do you have any other thoughts before we kind of go into what else we think about this I movie? think I covered most of my you do? opinions okay. on it. So well, when we go towards the end of the movie, there's this point where, you know, Ray Kroc's in the, in the uh, um, bank and mm-hmm. he's pleading with the banker to extend his loan, give him more money. And the banker is even saying, like, but... You are the founder, correct? And he's like, well, not exactly, but I'm the head CEO. I'm the person who franchises it. And he's like, yes, but we need to know for for like financial reasons, are you the founder or not? And he doesn't really... Well, he doesn't really talk about the founder. He re- We come to the realization, same as the banker. The banker was kind of that agent, right, uh, in the book or in the movie that says, you don't have any assets. And we then realize that Ray Kroc... Um, isn't doing too well. Isn't doing too well, you know. 
and there's a guy that's sitting next to him and he's overhearing this conversation and follows him outside and says you know mr croc it's like uh if you're not making any money there's a real big problem here so mr croc isn't the businessman we really think he is Mm -hmm. he's just a person who is very good at selling things he's a salesman great point ray croc isn't a great businessman but he's a great salesman and if there's a ton of these uh, McDonald's all over the place, somehow he'll make money doing it. And uh, But at least in the meantime, everybody thinks he's the founder. Right. So he pulls him off to the side and he says, uh, you know, um, you are setting up these uh, McDonald's franchises. These people are working hard. And case in point, one of the things I actually really did like about Ray Kroc that I think they did a a pretty good job portraying is that he found people that were like him. Right. People that had been down on their luck and they needed something to, as so to say, bring them from the ashes. I totally agree. You know, he found the guy, uh, the guy which is kind of comical, the, the, the guy that was selling bibles right right and he said um you know door to door which has got to be meant you know how hard is that knock on <laughs> someone's door and trying to convince them to write to buy a bible yes um and he found that guy and said you know how would you like your uh, own restaurant because he saw somebody that was willing to get up go work hard do the best they could even if the job was small awful or tough or you're gonna get a lot of doors slammed in your face Mm-hmm. But those people got up every day, hit the grindstone, and were trying to make it happen. Right. The other thing I thought that was really neat was whenever he would talk to them, he would talk to uh, him and his wife. Mm-hmm. And right. He, right. And he got buy-in from her as much as he got buy-in from the guy. And I think, you know, back in the, you know, I, what was the 60s? Yeah. The 50s? Uh, when this was happening, that, that wasn't a <clears throat> common occurrence. You know, and you as a future feminist, I think. <laughs> do you call yourself a feminist yet? Sure, yeah. You do? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm okay with that. Uh, I hope he so. Was, yeah, <laughs> you can be whatever you want. Um, he was getting buy-in from the wife, right? Mm-hmm. And so when they set up that store, he was in the back making sure everything was running perfectly because he thought this was his shot the same way Ray Kroc thought it was his shot. Right. It also, like, getting the buy-in for the wife, like you said. He was getting respected from him, and he was getting respected from her. Interesting. So. And yeah. what, what was the wife doing while the guy was in the restaurant, you know, keeping track of her? Yeah, like, one time when you see where this guy, the Bible salesman or whatever he was, the wife was outside as well, just handing out lollipops to all the kids, trying as much as they can to, like, kind of kiss up to the people so they Absolutely. like them Absolutely. I mean, how great is that, though, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's full 100% buy-in from both of them, which will make that restaurant a success. Right. I mean, wow. That was, and, and he gave them such an opportunity to be a success that uh, they were grateful. How could they say no? How could they say no? And it changed their lives. Right. I mean, how amazing! I mean, what a great thing to have done for someone in your life. I mean, I've had the opportunity to help out friends and like, oh, you know, or vouch for them or, or, or recommend them for a job, and you know, boom! All of a sudden, 
it changes their life. Mm-hmm. And that there's no greater feeling than, than that, right? Right. And, and helping out somebody even when you know you didn't have to. And Ray Kroc's really not even making any money off these people. But he is seeing them grow, and he feels a certain amount of pride in that success. And he knows these people are like him, and they want to work hard, and they want to expand, and they want to do the best. And then we see um, another person who is a plumber. Wasn't he a plumber? Plumber, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't go to the club with his wife that night. Instead, they go to a bingo parlor, and he's sitting across from a plumber, and him and his wife, and he gives them the pitch, and bang, you know, they're in a store. Right. So this guy, you know, is going across the country, changing people's lives for the better, giving them an opportunity to be very wealthy, you know, if if they work hard and bring the skills from getting the door shoved in their face every single day, day after day after day, mm-hmm. um, and gives them an opportunity to be a big shot. Yeah. I mean, well, that's a superhero. That's a Superman moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a, to do better than they were doing. Right. Um, but I, I, we, again, if we wrote this movie in a slightly different way, Ray Kroc is a hero mm-hmm. for thousands of restaurants, giving people that are willing to work hard an opportunity to be a success. Yes. Ameri- but, American dream. Right. Again, but right? Also, with the things he does, like you keep saying, like, if they wrote this movie just a little different way, he would be a hero. I guess you're right, but there's some parts of the movie that I just cannot stand. It. Okay, when he, defend your position. Go. Okay, when he steals the wife, that's just awful. It just doesn't make me very proud of him, so to say. But also, at the very end of the movie, they buy the McDonald's name. Okay, okay, let's go back to this. <laughs> so, we talked about how he gave opportunities to other people. Um, he teams up with this uh, lawyer or this uh, uh, CFO. And the CFO goes, you're not in the uh, restaurant business because you can't control anything that happens in the restaurant. You are selling, you get a fractional percentage of the sale of anything that happens in the store. And you go out of your way. You're finding these people. You're finding the location for them. They're renting it. They're building it. And you're not getting a cut of any of that. Yeah, he says like what you should really be what you should really be doing is in the real estate business. Right. So Ray Kroc goes, starts going around the country doing the same thing he did before. Instead of um, recruiting people to run these stores, he's mm-hmm. now going out looking for locations, uh, finding the best possible location, right? Buying or, it out. Or um, a location that he thinks will be a success. That's a better way to put mm-hmm. it. Uh, buying it and then finding people to run the to put a store on top of it and run that right yeah instead of finding people to put up a store he is putting up a store and finding people to run it there you go which is pretty brilliant Mm -hmm. you know so now but he also has the hammer you know in the business because he can say hey if you uh deviate from uh the brother's teaching if you start making tacos right the 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 mcdonald's doctrine Mm -hmm. i'll pull your lease and then now you don't even have a McDonald's anymore. Right. So this really irritates the McDonald's brothers, right? Mm-hmm. And this starts kind of the beginning of the war. Yeah, now he's making more money than they are. See, do you think, okay, that's an interesting observation. Do you think that they were mad at him now because um, he was making more, but we don't know if he's making more money, that's right? That's point. But do you think they're mad because he did this without them? 
I think they're mad because they did this without him and he is totally making a franchise and he's not including them when it's their McDonald's. But per the terms of their contract, everything that was happening inside the store was still up to them, right? Yes. Well, some things he just did on his own, which irritated okay so that goes back to the the milkshake thing right mm-hmm. so he sent the milkshake thing out to every single one of the locations except san bernardino the original mcdonald's right and he uh overstepped his bounds he did the wrong thing now if he didn't do that is that another moment where he goes from lex luther to superman again no i i he still did so many things that weren't acceptable like sorry to go back to this again but at the end of the movie he well well let's go we'll we'll wait till we go to the end because (laughs) i think you we'll we'll rush there so now he's he's being a good businessman he's finding the place the places they're growing like crazy now right and they get to this point where um he this is the uh, kind of the last straw if you will the the straw that broke the camel's back he went out of the contract and he's Taking the, them off and doing all of these this. Stuff. So he he sent out the milkshake uh, mix, he which is a good business decision, but is wrong for the contract. Mm-hmm. But here's a okay another question, right? Mm-hmm. If he's making more money for the people that he put into those stores, yes. If they're going to make more money now, so he made two brothers mad. Well, it's, but he made hold on, but he made a thousand people very happy. Okay. So, wait, wait, wait. so which one, I mean, it, it, what's wrong? It depends. You know? If you're looking from the brother's perspective. No, but I'm saying from you. I want to know, you know, Brielle Hunter-Sarlos, future business person, <laughs> future president of the United States. Mm-hmm. At what point do the brothers become a villain by standing in the way of progress, standing in the way of financial responsibility for the thousands of restaurants? Well... Come on, you gotta admit. Come on, I got you in a corner. <laughs> that's on that a one. good. That's a good decision for the people that are doing this. But even though if they think it's wrong, they can't do anything about it. So if they stand up to him, they could say like, "Hey, this isn't right. We we don't want to tell our cost uh, customers like the locals that come in here every okay. day that 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 we don't no no longer put ice cream in our milkshakes. There's okay. gonna be some upset. So so basically, we're talking. This is a little shifty. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. a little dirty pool, if you mm-hmm. will. Okay. Um, but that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back was he sent them a letter from the, what was it, McDonald's Real Estate Corporation or McDonald's Corporation? Yeah, McDonald's Corporation. McDonald's Corporation. And they freak out, right? And it's it like, puts it puts one of the brothers in the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, again. Again. Which and, is the one thing they didn't want to do. And then the next thing you know, Ray Kroc is... Coming in with flowers to visit them in the hospital and hands them a blank check from the McDonald's Corporation. Okay. Now, did you think that was, when you watched it, did you think, oh, I can see it in your face. You think that that was a classless move. Oh, no. I definitely think that was a classless move. This guy is in the hospital. What? The audacity to come in, hand them a blank check and saying, like, Hey, I want to buy you out. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. But tone is important here, right? He bring he goes from across the country. Maybe he feels bad about it. Maybe he does have a conscience, right? It doesn't seem like it sometimes. Well, it doesn't seem like it, <laughs> but this is a movie again. 
and comes in with flowers, bringing an olive branch, and goes, "Listen, guys, um, this is this is too much, right? Too much for you. This is too much for you. You don't got you don't have the stomach for this for the for the wet work, right? As they say. Um, here's a blank check. I want to buy you out. You're going to be rich. You don't have to worry about anything else anymore." Because here's the, th- and and uh, I want you to get better, right? Okay. But you keep saying the American dream, and the brothers they kind of had what a version of their American sure. dream. They wanted to have their little stand in San Bernardino and make well off of that. And oh. he's basically by fulfilling his own dream, he's taking their dream away from them. So put it, let's put us in because we're kind of the McDonald's brothers here, right? Yeah, so we're a little teeny winery, um, selling directly to people. They come in the front door. We hand them a product we're proud of. Mm-hmm. We don't cut corners. Nope. Uh, we grow our own fruit. We make our own wine. We sell it out the front door. We don't even sell in stores and restaurants. Right. Um, make a lot of friends doing it. Mm-hmm. Feel very blessed for that. Um, now, if I was ruthless. Right? Mm -hmm. Somebody could come in here, say, we can make you a household name. Right. And maybe we'd have to cut a few corners, and we'd have to do this and that. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll make more money. Yeah. But we're selling our soul in the process. Right. Right? But to kind of ask you a question. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Just so you know, you can ask me anything you want whenever you want. Go ahead. To say if... Someone like Ray Kroc walked in the door and told you, hey, we're going to make you big. Okay. But we're going to have to, like like you said, cut a few corners. Maybe it won't be, your wine won't be as good, but you'll be very wealthy. Would you be proud of what you were doing and say yes to that man? See, Brielle, I think you hit the nail on the head here. And I think it was very insightful. Because when we make that next step into... Um, the kind of the final culmination of this mm-hmm. movie where Ray Kroc is, you know, brought the blank check and is ready to buy these brothers out, right? And we see that scene in the bathroom where they kind of go through this deal. Um, they uh, they actually write back to Ray Kroc and say, hey, we want, what was it, like one point? One percent. Or, no, 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 they won't, not that part, but oh. they said they wanted two point some million dollars. Mm-hmm. So that after taxes, they would both have... 2.7 million. Yeah, 2.7. So after taxes, they would both have $1 million. Each. Each. In the 60s. In their pocket. Mm-hmm. When a millionaire was a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Right? And which is, which is better than any little burger stand ever could possibly do. Ever. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, right. that is the home run. Except McDonald's. Right. But I mean, their one burger stand that they had—that would been—that is the home run of home runs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like somebody coming in here and going, "I'll give you a hundred million dollars," right? It's not necessarily a hundred million. No, I think it. Well, maybe comparable, ten, <laughs> twenty, whatever the number is, right? Right. And say, "Hey, uh, Keith, I'm going to give you this much money." See, the point that you brought up that I think hits home so hard is that it was their last name on the sign. Mm-hmm. So when you say to me, if somebody would come in here and say, Keith, here's $10 million, but uh, Sarlos and Sons, 
is ours. Mm -hmm. The name Sarlos is ours. You know, we put grandpa's face on bottles, grandpa Sarlos, great grandpa, everybody, right? It's a big part of who we are. We're showing who we are with our name on the sign. You know, I think I would have a really, really, really hard time doing it. And what? And you keep, I think you keep taking the the side of Ray Kroc. But when mm-hmm. you do that, they were a family business, and they were a lot like us. And <laughs> you, and they, you've like put your parents on a bottle, right? And you've done all these things, but then they might destroy that name. Exactly and, right. I mean that I, I'm telling you right now. I've taken the side of Ray Kroc 90% of this movie mm-hmm. because, you know what, I identify with him um, to a certain, to a massive extent. You know, if, if we just wanted to do this and just be okay, that's one thing. But, you know, I've missed a lot of little stuff for you because I'm working six days a week. So it used to be seven, but now six, <laughs> right? And, and you and I, we get to hang out every day after school and before school and all that other stuff. But, you know, I'm not, I don't have my weekends off. You know, we miss a lot of stuff because of that, right? Right. And so we trade time for money to mm-hmm. a certain extent. But, but it's not like I'm here with you every day helping you, doing, like making the wine and doing right. it with you. Well, you do to a certain extent. Right. But I, I, now, at this point, I absolutely see what it was like to be the McDonald's Brothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I think this movie is magnificent because of both of those factors. It was a fair and balanced movie. You could see why Ray was a hero. You could see why he was a villain. You could see why the McDonald's brothers were heroes. You could see why they were villains, right? Mm -hmm. And at the very end of the movie, Ray, you know, he kind of screws them over once more (laughs) because they lost a 1% handshake deal. Yeah. And he never intended to pay him. So, yeah, okay, he made the business move, and, yeah, he's a real jerk. And then at the very end, they... But before you say that, when they were talking, right, it put him in huge debt to buy them out. Mm -hmm. Huge debt. And and when they're standing in the bathroom, he says, I bought it because of the name. Remember that? Yeah, they're saying, like, a guy with the name McDonald's isn't going to get... Push around in life. A guy with Croc, like no, last name Croc, like they're gonna push him around. And then the one of the McDonald's brothers, he says, "Well, obviously that's not true." And Croc, Ray Croc looks at him and said, "So you're not walking out of this room with one point with a million dollars in your pocket." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was, you're not walking out of this room with a million dollars. And that was a really great point, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we now we see the, the success of McDonald's. We see they're on every street corner. You know, they are everywhere. everywhere. But I thought it was really, that was a really telling moment when they said, you know, the little burger stand guys, they they took the name. Mm-hmm. They, they showed that scene where they're taking the McDonald's name off of the building, the building which was kind of heartbreaking from a little guy point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, th- I thought it was really well balanced. I mean, at the end of the movie, when you don't know who's the villain, you don't know who the hero is, or if it flip-flops a couple times during the movie, that's, that's class A storytelling. Right. 
So any, th- any, let me give you a moment to give you your final thoughts on this movie. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you like four times. No, I love Trying to say this part. But the thing that really makes me think that he's a villain is just something that so irritable, not even irritable, but just cr- mean or cruel, you okay. could say. They, the McDonald's brothers, they still have a store that's no longer called McDonald's. They can't use that name anymore. He bought it out. So but they, they gave it to their employees. They gave it. To, they gave the building to their employees, basically. But they still own it, and they still get the money and profits from it. And so right. it's still Berkstand, and I forget what it's called, but it has a giant M on it. And you can see Ray Kroc standing there, and he's putting in his 100th McDonald's. In San Bernardino, California, right across the street from the first true McDonald's stand. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so cruel and so awful. It's such an awful thing to do because it's just, it's kind of just like a punch in the face. So that was, that was kind of the final moment of hero or villain. Hero or villain, yeah. He's definitely a villain. And even in like the credits are showing like what happened after the movie and it sh- it said within just a few years the McDo- the 100th McDonald's in San Bernardino, California drove the brother store out of business. Yeah, it's pretty sad. <laughs> that that just seems so silly to me that a man can decide like okay, he's a good businessman. Th- you know what, Briel? I think th- I think the term "cruel" is correct, right? He just that wasn't nice. Thing it was to unnecessary. Do. It was very unnecessary. Assault, Extremely salt unnecessary. in the wound. Right. And I've been to that McDonald's actually. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my recap on this movie: I think it's an excellent movie. It was up for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll get it or not. It's got a lot of other things against it. Yeah. But I think excellent storytelling. Right. I thought it was awesome from a business standpoint, a family standpoint. Um, I think uh, Michael Keaton, you know, Beetlejuice mm-hmm. to Batman to uh, Birdman. Right. And he's going to be the villain in Spider-Man, right? Oh, I did vul- not know He's going to be the vulture, which I think is pretty cool, right? You huh. went from being Batman, now he's the vulture. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Right. Um, Michael Keaton, amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, Ron, Swanson, Ron Swanson. Uh, as one of the brothers, right? Right. Um, Actor Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. I, I thought it would have been really funny if they would have got Kevin from The Office to be the other, <laughs> the brother. other brother. That would have been sweet. Huh? That would have been very funny. Parks and Rec uh, office reunion. Um, I thought it was excellent. I think everybody should go see it. If you, if you own a business, if you're growing a business, if you work for a big business, you know, mm. lives matter, right? It's good to see... And if you do see this movie, like, think about, like, the different points of view. If you were a small business or if you are or were a big business or a big businessman. Like yeah, there's him. a big difference between being a corporate raider and do you have to blow up the little boat. Right. You know. Um, we need to come up with a scale system. Mm-hmm. So Siskel and Ebert had thumbs up, thumbs down. You know, people do four star, five star, ten, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, from your point of view, as Brielle Hunter Sarlos, twelve year old awesome girl, um, what rating do you get? The, give this. Um, I think out of like well, one to ten, one being 
you know what? You can make it movie. make it up. I mean, it could be thirty five rainbows for all I care. <laughs> it's like, what do you think? I give it. Um, I think I would give it a eight eight Ooh. out of ten. I think eight out of ten. And now, great movie, good storytelling. But do you think uh, other kids your age would like this movie? It depends on what your taste in movies are. Do you think if they have a family business, this is a good movie for them to watch? I think they'd like this movie a lot. Okay. Um, if dad is a corporate raider or a um, corporate lawyer. I think it'd be interesting to see like that point of view from the little guy. That's right. Um, so for me, yeah, I think you're right on. I think, you know, definitely a movie that I, I, I was okay with you with you. I don't really remember a lot of swearing in this movie or anything that would make it. Just, you know. well, there's some things. PG-13. <laughs> it's PG-13. Was there an F word? Yes, there was one F word. F word. And then, uh, you know, some stuff was kind of like uh, when a guy cheat, you know, didn't cheat on his wife. But, yeah. you know, kind of question. It, there's questionable stuff like that. There's questionable stuff. It just depends on how mature your kid is. I guess so. I think I'd let you watch it. I don't think Cash would enjoy this movie. There wasn't nearly enough explosion. Yeah, he did watch the movie. He was very <laughs> bored the entire time. Yeah, you, I think he was playing like Minecraft that. the whole time. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, but you know what? For me, I, I teared up a couple times in this movie because as as uh, Ray Kroc went from you know zero to hero to villain, um, I think it was an excellent story. I think it was an excellent story from the point of view of the, the McDonald's brothers. I think it was pretty fair and balanced all the way across. Mm-hmm. But a, a really good primer if you are starting a business, if you are running a small business, if you are, you know, a big corporate raider, maybe it'll give you a, a conscience to a certain extent. But I think... Well, not saying that you don't have conscience. <laughs> right. Um, eight out of ten seems about right. You know, I think if you get in the nines and the tens, those are some pretty rare air. But mm-hmm. uh, definitely go see. Yes, definitely. And I don't know if it's in theater still or wait for DVD, but... Um, I absolutely love it. I think it's so. Brielle, this was our first time uh, doing the, uh, what are are we going to be calling this thing? Um, well, I guess tune in next time to find (laughs) out. (laughs) That's perfect. Um, So yeah, by next time we'll figure out uh, a game plan. But this is our first time that me and you are testing the mics, talking about movies. Our little impromptu mic session no you went to school today you got uh, all straight a's on your uh, progress report mm-hmm. doing really really well and uh this was a lot of fun thanks for doing it with me thanks dad <laughs> love you babe bye